0: Locked On Rays,
1: your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast
0: Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get it in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked on Rays. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Rays. And check out our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash Rays Unfiltered. Uh, well, Ulysses, it is a Monday. And typically, that means we go to what we learned, our takeaways, our notes, observations from the weekend and happenings in and around the Tampa Bay Rays franchise and around baseball. Uh, so I'm curious to, to see what, uh, what tickled your fancy this past weekend with, uh, with baseball land there. Well, it's December,
1: so uh not a lot going on. It's December 2020, so even yeah. it's 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 really <laughs> really slow Virtual
0: but, winter meetings, baby. Virtual winter meetings. Hard to do deals that way, but
1: yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I'm sure that they'll they'll be uh, you know, a couple blockbusters. There, there's always a couple, but you know, I was reading this uh piece by the always entertaining Eno Saris, uh and he was talking about putting five fake traits together to get Blake Snell. Now what he did was using the Chris Archer model of a, a, a player who is ready to go into a roster like Tyler Glass now mm-hmm. was a player that's on the fringe. He might've had a couple of bats, may, uh, a little stint in the major leagues like Austin, but he's ready to break on through if there's a spot and then kind of a hedge your bet situation with a prospect with a high ceiling like a shane boss so that's okay. what he was doing uh throughout the article uh and you know there were uh, the traits weren't horrible or they weren't you know oh my gosh gotta have it one did spark my 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 interest which was alejandro kirk your boy and yeah. lurdis uh Lourdes Gurriel jr uh they were part of that uh trade so that that kind of uh um got me thinking especially a catcher you don't really have that uh not a lot of uh, swing and miss stuff so but in it in the article he makes a point that we've talked about if not at least alluded to which is that teams might be more inclined to go through known commodities rather than prospects this year why because the lack of information, really. I know there's alternate site footage. You told me that, you know, front offices can, can, can kind of um, give that to each other. But this year, it still pales in comparison to what right. they have on a regular basis. So if teams can whiff on regular years where all that information is given and all that information is available to peruse and all that, and teams still do Tommy Fam esque trades. Um, The margin of error has definitely increased. And do right. we think that the Rays front office is somebody that likes to take risks like that? No, they don't. So uh, it, it started. I, I started thinking. You know, maybe they don't go through it and, and, and get these prospects and people that they don't really know just to siphon off uh some financial burden like a blake snell contract what three years 39 million left uh right uh
0: kevin Kiermaier, that's a great contract years. for every other team in baseball pretty much for an, exactly a former cy young award winner top of the line starter for and what do you, you get? have them
1: yeah somebody that that had what 20 games 20 simulated games in 2020 I, I i don't know i i, I don't I, I think this might be look my money is still that the money goes off from the books and Blake Snell is traded. Kevin Kiermaier is traded if I had to bet, but if they don't trade these big pieces, these contracts in the budget for the race, this is actually, I think the perfect um, reason why they weren't traded. They just weren't, they didn't have enough information on the prospects. They said, let's let's spend the money on the known commodities rather than go uh, into the abyss.
0: That's a good point there. So what Eno Siris, his proposal is literally straight up Alejandro Kirk and Ludis Guriel. It's those uh, two for Snell. And one more prospect. I, okay. I forget the name right now. But I would have loved uh, to yeah, see you yeah, pull yeah, up the okay. okay. Yeah, I'd love to see you pull traits. up the article and just run through the fake trades. It is very funny you bring this up because I did a segment with uh, Javi Pena from the Locked on Padres. Podcast and inevitably the conversation turned to what you want for Blake Snell we want yes. Blake Snell Uh, right. Clevenger's injured uh, Lamette is injured we need a starter and he's trying to lowball me this and that I'm saying no the Rays aren't going to give him up for for nothing they, they'd be more inclined to give up Kevin Kiermeyer for nothing but not Blake Snell funny that
1: you say that because the Padres are actually one of the teams that Eno highlights as a possibility the first possibility is the White Sox. The Rays give up Blake Snell, and the White Sox give up first baseman Andrew Vaughn, starting pitcher Michael Kopech, and pitcher Jonathan Mm -hmm. Stever. Um, The Phillies are the second option. Uh, They would be giving up first baseman Riz Hoskins, starting pitcher Spencer Howards, and pitcher Francisco Morales. Uh, Number three would be the Red Sox. Look at that. In division. Outfielder Alex Verdugo. Tristan Cassis and Tanner Hauk or hook. I don't know how do you pronounce that? Okay. Uh, that one's actually um, a very intriguing one because you're going inside the division. So there's a premium to be paid there uh, by the Red Sox. If they really want Blake Snell again, the blue Jays in division, same thing outfielder, Lourdes uh, Guriel jr. Simeon Woods Richardson, who Saris likes a lot and Alejandro Kirk. So mm-hmm. it would be these three pieces and the Padres he says this could be the best match because it includes two pitchers in Luis Patino, Adrian Morihan, and catcher Luis Campusano. Now, Campusano is a very good, intriguing prospect, special because of the positioning, but he's dealing with some legal issues right now. Um, that legal might, issues? Yeah, he apparently has a felony charge outstanding this winter. Oh, boy. Uh, wow. Drug possession. So, in Florida, I think. Uh, but, so... There are options. I just think that uh, dealing within division, that that becomes a premium. And I don't think the Red Sox or the Blue Jays are willing to pay that premium just to get Blake down. Again, um, this is just something that popped up. Look, it's a crockpot of a season, not a hot stove. If the Rays are getting a mandate from the front office saying, hey, save me $30 million, they're almost there. 15 right. by Charlie, four and a half from Zunino, Chas Rowe was around two, Renfro was around four, that's almost thirty million. mil, and Perez and Kittredge, although small some uh, numbers, they add up to a, what, a couple mil? Right. So now you're talking almost 30 mil has been saved. How much Yeah, is the mandate by the front office, uh, well, by, I by, get by the one
0: ownership? 30, 40, ownership 50? It. Yeah, it's crazy. And you've got to wonder, I mean, probably some of it is what are these arbitration figures going to come out and be? Like if, if it's towards the high end, like Tyler Glasnell is getting $5 million and Manny Margot's is getting $4 million, then that makes you really have to think hard right. about that. And that may be the impetus for where the Rays would definitely have to move a guy. Um, it's funny that, you know, Saris, and maybe it's because these teams don't have what the Rays are looking for necessarily, but the Mariners and the, and the Angels, I think, would be, good fits and have been rumored. I mean, Seattle, the connection with Blake Snell being a native there, he's actually back in his hometown right now in the angels. I mean, you've got Rendon, you've got trout, you've got others. You need starting pitching perennially. They have needed starting pitching (laughs) and what better way to go out and say, okay, we are going to plug a hole and this is going to help us. And we're going to let this guy throw six, seven, maybe eight innings. Right. So that is something to be considered as well let me, let me throw this out there in the conversation I had with Javi from locked on Padres. Um, I suggested, uh, McKinsey Gore, Luis Patino and Luis Capisano.
1: Okay, I did not on.
0: know Capisano's legal issues. Maybe that's a, a tipping point there with the race. Cause say, well, we could take him off your hands and you know, our lawyers can do some business and uh, you, try to get this, try to get this thing under the rug here. So, Um, it remains to be seen. It's fun. Talk. It's fun. Talk. And it's heating up. I mean, Topkin even did an article, uh, talking to Blake Snell on the trade rumors and everything like that.
1: He knows he said it on on that. He's like, look, I'm aware it's going to happen. I don't know. I don't want it to happen right now, but I know it's going to happen in the future. I mean, it's really kind of daunting how, um, all these race players uh, you know, they, they know what's up and, and it sucks that they know what's up. And that's the way that they have to, you know, do their job. But, you know, so it goes.
0: Who gets traded first, KK or Snell? Profit.
1: Well, you know, one of the things he also mentioned is if you can't find that prospect or information, all that, why not tie in Blake and KK together to kind of absorb that hit? Okay, well, you don't give us this guy, this guy, and this guy. Just give us Mm -hmm. the first two and unload us this KK uh, budget. So I don't know if who goes first. I don't know that. Uh, and I'm not willing to put my hand
0: on the, over the okay. file on that one, but because it, it
1: could be the same deal.
0: Put your hand over the crock pot there. Uh, <laughs> if that were to happen, a package like that, maybe the New York Mets could be one of the suitors because they are one team that is willing to spend. And they've talked about pitching they've talked, Kevin Kiermaier has been rumored before with the Mets too. So
1: yeah, it was on baseball ref last uh, this year when we, when we looked it up, it was, uh, or the Cubs, maybe Cubs or the Mets. Uh, But our buddy, Austin Holloway is out there saying the Mets are his new NL team. And Steve Cohen actually replied to his tweet. Look at that. Our buddy, Austin uh, getting getting some recognition out there. There we from go. A, a nice little owner over there.
0: Not not to burst uh, Austin's bubble there, but I wonder if it's really Steve Cohen or his highly paid assistant, social media assistant. That is <sighs> the way he types, though. It, that okay. that looks like he a, types like a, like a middle aged like billionaire. Yes, okay. Yes,
1: he types exactly like a <laughs> middle aged millionaire. We need yes. to keep
0: in mind Stuart Sternberg. I think does have a Twitter account. We just don't know which one it is. He doesn't. He's He's the worst of of Twitter people because we don't know if he's a bot, if he's a real person, if he's uh, behind well, a fake name and uh, an avatar or something I, like that. Like I know we've got,
1: really got our, our 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 correspondent Yancey Eaton on that on his yes. trail. He uh, he he's really good at, at finding stuff out like that on the Twitter sphere. So hopefully
0: we get that information soon. We, Yes, we need all that investigative coverage. (laughs) ASAP, please. It is the off-season, so we need content here. Okay, I'll get to my takeaways and what I learned from the weekend and beyond, but first, we've got to tell you about the greatest protein bar on the planet, and that is Built Bar. So many different flavors. We're talking 18, 19, 20 amazing flavors. Some of the new flavors that they've got include caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake and apple almond crisp that goes along with so many of the original flavors like coconut, almond, peanut butter, banana, brown, uh, banana bread, mint brownie, and so many others as well. Um, Built bars are covered in hundred percent chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein and high fiber. Um, Looking at the peanut butter flavor right here, you're talking 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just five grams of sugar and just five grams net carbs. It is the holiday season, so it's a great way to indulge in a delicious uh, treat without feeling like you're cheating yourself and and uh, being unhealthy there. So um, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and that'll get you 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, or 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Okay, Ulysses, moving on to my weekend takeaways, observations, and news and notes. The first thing is sort of a reminder that I had to look up. The Rule 5 draft is this Thursday. Look at that. So we could see some movement with the Rays either inward or outward. There's some rumors being thrown out that uh, Paul Campbell and Tyler Zombro, a couple of right-handed pitchers, are coveted by some other teams. But what I'm looking at, and again, we talked about this a few minutes ago. The decision is tougher to pull the trigger on these types of guys because of you just have the alternate training site info, which I don't know how many teams are being fully forthcoming with. Are they just Mm -hmm. sharing the video or are they sharing all the data and everything like that? And the no minor league season makes those um, decisions very difficult there. But there's a lot of prospecty catchers available. So I'm just going to read you some names okay. and then, you know, maybe, so don't be surprised if the Rays pick one of these up. It may be an option to fill the catcher void, the the uh, very vast catcher void that the Rays have as of right now. So Peyton Henry with the Brewers is ranked as that organization's 15th best prospect. Julio Rodriguez with the Cardinals is ranked as that organization's 15th best prospect. Uh the Diamondbacks Jose Herrera is unranked in their uh top 30 system. And then the Giants have a guy by the name of Ricardo Genovese who is number 30 in that organization. So just something to think about. I'm not even sure where the Rays pick exactly or okay. how that works, but um, you know, hey, you need catcher help where you can find it. So this may be an option going forward. And and sometimes, uh another team or another organization's trash becomes treasure for some team. The Rays have shown that before with pitchers and, and like some of these teams probably have sort of a glut at the catching position as well, which is a reason why these guys weren't added to their 40 man going forward.
1: Well, and not only that, but it's, it's the joy Ricard effect, right? It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> this guy that I let go hurt me, uh, when I face him 18 times, uh, you know, through, through the season, Look, again, we said it in the first half of this show. A lot of information is not given out today. And not that given out, like, you know, teams are like withholding and, and being villainous. They got a brief
0: case and they've,
1: uh, you know,
0: <laughs> you it's know. a
1: Watergate here. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's more like, you know, there was just not, I mean, simulated games are simulated games. It's not like actuals, uh, you know. Uh, not to be a scout and, and 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 a boomer here but there's a little bit of a difference a different feel with yes. you know game action rather than hey can you get the water bottle you know it's it's just a little bit yeah. of a different feel you know Look you and, you could have a
0: guy you teammates. could have, have a yes you could have a guy out and simulated that maybe it's just a routine game for some and then a guy just going full bore 100% and you're like wow this guy is jumping off the page and really right. it's just because he's given more effort in this simulated game as opposed to this other guy that's just trying to get his work done and going from there. And it's, it's not really, it's quite frankly, uh, not much to go on. It's, it's sort of a, as far as I was concerned. So
1: so that means that the rule five is going to be even more uh, unpredictable and which means that a lot of guys like Campbell and uh, Zombro might actually stay put because the Indians, the, the, the pirates, the whatever's are (laughs) going to be looking at them like, but do we have enough to pull the trigger? And again, we have to say this, with the rule five, if they pick them up for, I think it's a hundred thousand dollars or something like that. They, uh, they have to keep them on the, on the, on the roster for the whole entire season or, or, or give them back to the original team. uh, Yes. So waivers first and then to the original team. So it's kind of like a crapshoot, like you say.
0: Right. Yeah. So clubs pay, a hundred grand to select a player in the major league phase of the rule five draft. If that player doesn't stay on the MLB roster for the full season, he must be offered back to his former team for $50,000. So, um, the other thing, two other things I learned, um, and again, this is very in the weeds here, but the rays, uh, signed a guy by the name of David Hess, a right-handed pitcher. They signed him to a minor league deal, uh, in other words, a guy that wasn't even good enough to stick around as a starter with the Orioles of all teams. The Orioles outrighted him in October after making him a fifth-round draft pick he in made the 2014 his, draft.
1: He made his debut
0: with, uh, against the race, didn't he? David Hess? You could be right about that. Uh, I, I imagine the Orioles have a lot of players that make their debuts. Against the Rays, as they're just <laughs> calling up and shuffling guys. It's funny, a guy I went to high school with, uh, I don't know if he made his debut against the Rays, but um, he was on the, he, he made his debut with the Orioles, Josh Rogers, a pitcher out of the University of Louisville and in oh, High say. School. But yeah, so David Hess, and again, these numbers are grotesque. Since 2018 in the majors, he's recorded a 586 ERA, a 641 FIP, 676 K per nine and three, two, six walk per nine in 190 in a third innings. But all that said, we have talked about this before where the rays find somebody and they turn him into maybe a middle reliever type or a guy. It's about, I think, changing this guy's role. He has four pitches. He throws his fastball 67% of the time. Maybe you narrow that down to a smaller arsenal and all right, let's throw, throw your slider. A little more often or throw your whatever that secondary pitch is going to be stick to those two and work on that the other thing i noticed that i think is interesting about this guy is we talk about the rays as a very analytically minded statistical minded forward thinking and a lot of numbers to go through and and getting players on the same page with the front office this guy majored in biomolecular chemical engineering so i don't think you have to tell this guy twice to, hey, do this little thing. Do that attention little attention to the In numbers. In game, yeah. will improve. Yes, that is why, again, something about having smart guys, you don't necessarily have to throw 99, but just knowing how to pitch. I'm, uh, something uh, to that.
1: I'm not going to lie. I'm actually very impressed uh, with myself. This is a little uh, hunk my own horn situation here. But yes, he did beep make beep. his... Uh, he, made, he made his debut with the Rays May 12th of 2018 and i know why i remember him because for the first four or five innings i I'm, i was pretty sure that he uh dominated but i was wrong about that uh six innings three runs uh earned actually a home run by your favorite guy matt duffy actually uh put him on the board for the race that's
0: the one he gives up dude <laughs> duffy of all
1: people so i know i duffy know hits I, one off of you
0: so i know holy that, that crap it's his debut
1: chill out david well, that's, Hess, a, look, that's
0: actually not a bad debut i mean what three are, that's a quality start yeah it's a quality no.
1: start right there six innings uh allowed no walks love that uh, i remember ba and Dwayne being impressed by this kid uh in his debut like yeah he gave up the, the the home run through the three right the three runs but he looked good i mean the numbers that you have uh just said, uh, do not look good. But again, uh, you know, the Rays find, you know, yeah. talent in little things. And like you said, you have four pitches. Hey. Well, what about if you can just throw those four pitches crazily for for one inning? Just, just these three right. hitters, just go crazy. And if you don't have a high walk rate, this is the kind of guy that I want uh, on the team. Don't give unnecessary runners up.
0: John Curtis wasn't any good before he got to the Rays. There's been a lot of guys like that as well. Also his Twitter account, Hess Express. There we go. Nice. That works out. Hess underscore Express 28 if you want to give him a follow there. Um, The final thing I learned uh, over the course of the weekend is that the Tampa Baseball Museum is set to open in early to mid 2021 at the former house of Al Lopez in Ybor City. Uh, Of course, the first Tampa native to become an MLB player and manager. And I think that's definitely, I mean, once it opens COVID or not, I'm going to do my darndest to to visit that thing and check it out. But it gets me thinking like you can't have a baseball museum in Tampa and not have a professional baseball team, an MLB team, not in Tampa. Like those, they can't be mutually exclusive. You got to have both those things in the same area. No,
1: come on. Are you ready for my uh, optimistic uh, conspiracy theory? They're going to tie in some marketing proposal They're gonna do with it.
0: this. Okay. The museum
1: is going to be nearby the future home of the Rays in Hillsborough County. You said Ebor City. Well, there were Ebor City plants. Uh, Water Street or uh, Raymond James is nearby. Is what ten mm. minutes away from Ebor? Fifteen. Uh, so I don't know, man. That would be really cool. Of course, we definitely have to go. We should definitely go, and we should definitely kind of have an episode on maybe live. How about that? After COVID, kind of go yes. there and,
0: and and record while we walk around the museum. That would be fun. I think that would be a good segment. I also think it'd be a good segment to discuss the greatest baseball figure from Tampa. Oh, player slash manager, maybe combination. There's a lot to choose from. I think I uh, mean you go the down easy the list one is
1: La Russa, I think it's the, the the first
0: one. Yeah, I know. Hey, you've also got maybe we do player then, strictly player. I mean Tino Martinez, Fred McGriff, Gary Sheffield, Wade Boggs, Dwight Gooden, the list goes on and on. I yeah. can tell you, I can guarantee you one thing at least is that Kevin Cash is going to have an exhibit. There is going to be some homage played to probably cash yeah that he is a Lutz native he went to gaither high school he played in the little league world series and of course what he's done with his managerial career and his professional playing career as well so i think there's going to be some like 90 different exhibits or players that are going to be focused on and of course um you know uh little league and and some of the Uh, uh, playing the game in the wartime effort, things like that. I I think this is just a great thing in general once it opens, just to spark more interest. When does it Uh, open? uh, They say early to mid-2021. So the house is, I think they've even got a sign in front of the house that shows, you know, future home of the Tampa Baseball Museum. And they've been doing some, like, online webinars and Q&As, and they've had some various guys on uh, baseball figures to talk about Baseball in Tampa, I think they've had Joe Madden on, Mark Topkin, some of the former players and things like that. But it's just good, I think, for being able to know the history of so many locals. Maybe that sparks some interest. And, okay, maybe I will check out a game. Maybe I will learn a a bit more about the community and how it's so tied in uh, to baseball. I hope the Rays
1: are actually using it as a platform to kind of put some money and some advertising into it so people actually – you know. Kind of relate, oh, yeah, we have a. Be- there are people I know this sounds insane to listeners of this podcast, but there are people that live in Hillsborough County that do not know that there is a baseball team 15 minutes away. I, I that's crazy, but you talk yes. to people and they don't know that, and it's been 22 years. It's it's crazy how you know that still hasn't really clicked for some for some uh citizens here
0: in, in Hillsborough County. I'm trying to think of the most like Tampa player or manager, like the guy who stayed in Tampa for the entirety or for the most part, like born in Tampa, went to high school in Tampa, went to college in Tampa, then played professional ball in Tampa at some point. I know Tino Martinez, he was born in Tampa. I believe he went to Jefferson high school, went to university of Tampa and then played a year with the, the then devil race. So that's about, that might be the best one I've got, but I've got to keep, I got to keep, you know, intern McGee, get over here. Help us out. Come we on. Always,
1: we always did intern McGee. I will, I'll throw a name of my own friend of the program. He's been on with us, Matt Joyce. He was an that's all-star with too. the Rays. played like five years with the Rays. high school uh, in Tampa, born and bred in Tampa,
0: has a house in Tampa. I mean, that's pretty close. That, that is, that's, That might be it too. The only thing though, is I wonder if there, this is the answer. I don't know is if it's city of Tampa proper or it expands to the Tampa Bay area because Joyce, Uh, of course, from the Brandon area, went to high school in Armwood uh, college at Florida Southern in Lakeland. I mean that he's Tampa Bay area, He Fits the bill, but it might just be like true city of Tampa Tampa, Tampa. part of Tampa. And that sort of thing. Although, I mean, Kevin Cash isn't, Lutz isn't Tampa per se, but I don't know how they're going to do it. But I would imagine they probably focus more on the guys that are right from the La Russa's, the Pinella's, the the McGriff's, all those types of guys. And then maybe expand it. Oh, okay. So uh, what's his name? Howard Johnson from Clearwater, who, who was a, a home run. Like got, they'll expand that far. I thought Howard um, Johnson but, was the guy with the hotels. That too. Maybe he... Uh, I don't think he, I don't think they're the same person, but he retired and uh, got into uh hospitality. Well, Howard Johnson actually <laughs> coached G Man Choi. There's a story about him and instructing him to there's kind of a tie-in with G Man Choi when he started doing the switch hitting nonsense. Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's right. kind of yeah. a storyline there too. So all right, very good. So well, we know what we have. Uh, we we've at least got something to do in twenty twenty one, early twenty twenty one, and that is to visit the uh, yeah. Tampa baseball museum. Very good. Yep. So that is our weekend takeaways, what we learned news and notes. Uh, I believe we will be continuing with our player reviews Tuesday and through the rest of the week. And then Friday, we hope to continue with our Ramblin' Rays segment. I haven't looked at uh, who we have for our player review tomorrow or Tuesday. Oh, For show. the play review. We, we, we got good ones tomorrow, man. Who because, are uh, well, well,
1: Brett Phillips is unfortunately not going to make the cut. This is a, yes. a,
0: a uh, little uh he did not have here. enough at-bats, really enough games. Like, if we're not doing uh, an episode on Ryan Sheriff, we can't really do an episode on, on Brett Phillips. There's just not – we can mention him, you know, fly-by-night sort of a deal, but we need a right. guy that played somewhat meaningful playing time during the 60-game season. So for tomorrow, the, uh, the,
1: the player reviews will f- be focused on two guys, two pitchers on the mound with S's, Aaron Slegers and Blake Snell, number four. Wow. So uh, it'll
0: be a good show tomorrow. We better get to Snell quickly. We better, Yeah, I guess we better get to him tomorrow because who knows? <laughs> maybe by Thursday he's traded for there all we know. Two tall guys, too, making a yeah. ba- basketball team. That, that might be the way to go there. Okay. Uh, as a reminder, check out our brand-new Patreon page, patreon.com slash race unfiltered that wraps up this edition of blocked on rays now to your smart device to play the most recent episode of block on mlb prospects hope you all have a wonderful day stay safe and we'll talk to you tomorrow.